Is this thing on? I am Queen's. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa, and you are listening to the All Things Pelvic podcast, where you get to follow my life as a pelvic floor physical therapist. That may sound a little boring, but real quick, let me break it down. I bring up topics that most people find difficult to talk about, but maybe it's time we get comfortable with discussing the uncomfortable. I always strive for real talk, good vibes, and mostly all things pelvic. Join me and my guests as we discuss healthcare, culture, and real life topics. Are you ready? Because it's time to take a page out of my playbook. Everyone, Chrissy is back. <laughs> she is back. Yup, she is back on the podcast. And I'm super excited for today because we are going to access excess great it is uh 9 p.m on a monday and this is how i'm feeling right now i apologize in advance if i start to slur my words great this is before wine as well <laughs> but a big topic that i wanted to discuss uh i've actually been kind of talking about this a lot with colleagues and just like other pts in general but a big part of what pelvic floor PTs do is a lot of internal examinations. It is kind of what sets us apart from other PTs. So we tend to do internal vaginal and rectal exams to see like what's going on in the pelvic floor. Now, Chrissy and I actually just discussed this, but there was a post on Instagram with um, a person who will not be named, <laughs> a person who will definitely not be named. But there was a post on Instagram um, months ago. This was months ago, right? Yeah, it was a while ago. Totally. Yeah. And I just remember seeing it and I was like, ooh, this is going to spark some arguments for sure. So pretty much what the post said was, you know, if you don't do internal exams, you should not be considered a pelvic floor PT. Now – Lots of tea with that. And I have even, since I saw that post, I have asked plenty of practitioners about what they feel about this. And I must say, most of them do say that if you don't do internal exams, you should not be considered a pelvic floor PT. Now, I will give my opinion first, and then Chrissy, you could totally give yours afterwards. But I must say that I do agree. Um, I do agree with this. I think, I think now, oh, this was something that people were saying underneath the post is that like, well, you know, there are plenty of patients that come in and like they don't need internal work and stuff. And I, and what the person who posted it said was like, that's actually not what I'm saying. She was like, I'm saying, you know, that you should at least be qualified, you know, and like, you know, certified, you should have taken courses in order to assess the pelvic floor muscles. And that I must say I do agree with. Now, how she posted it and stuff too, I do think was a little, like it was very like, this is my opinion. And if you think something else, like it's wrong, which I sh I think should never be the case. I think everybody should always have their opinion. Um, however, I must say after being in this field for however long, I, I do agree. Chris, how are we feeling? Absolutely. I completely agree. I think the it was funny what you mentioned at first that some practitioners say, well, that person doesn't need um, internal pelvic floor assessment or treatment. 
And my question is, well, how do you know that if you didn't do it? Totally. How do you know that there isn't a pelvic floor issue if you didn't do an internal assessment? There, you can have an idea, and I have been in situations, and I'm sure you have been too, Liz, where the patient does not want to do internal or you're doing virtual because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, and you have to use your clinical skills and have a really good idea of what the patient is going through and what the issue is. Um, based on what their symptoms are and what objective measures you can get through visual, you know, or like palpation mm-hmm. externally or, you know, watching through a computer and seeing how they move. But it really is not the same and there's no 100% way of um, like reassuring yourself or the patient that you know exactly what's going on with the pelvic floor. There really is no other way. I actually think that that is such a good point. That's such, such a good point because um, there are plenty of people that come in and they're just like, I – so now for me, I do work in a pelvic floor clinic. So a lot of the times my patients are researching, you know, like what it entails and stuff beforehand. So they come in and they like, they know what's happening. But when I worked at my first job, uh, it was something that was more so brought up to patients. You know, it was brought up to them. And then we would, you know, then we would treat them and do a pelvic floor evaluation. So sometimes it would take a little bit. Now, granted, I'm not saying that I don't have patients that come in. They're like, ooh, do you think like we, you know, can we not do internal today? Or like, is it okay if you just explain to me a little bit more about like what's going on? And I always try my best to do that too. You know, like I always try to let them know, like, listen, like this is exactly what I'm going to be doing. And I'm going to let you know every movement that is going to be made in this session. That's exactly what we're going to do. Um, You let me know if you're uncomfortable at any point and we go from there. That's all you can do. Um... But that's a huge difference, though, of somebody coming in who may have gone through like some sort of sexual trauma or whatever it is, you know, where, where they even even as you're doing the internal assessment, they might say, I, I, I got to stop, you know, like, and I can't right. do this and that's OK. And then that's where as a therapist, you have to say, all right, let me check externally. Let me then now look at. Now it's time to look at your abdomen. Now it's time to look at your ribs, your back, whatever else I can do to help you today. I'm going to do that. Um, But that is very different than somebody who is going to call themselves a pelvic floor PT, yet you don't know how to do an internal assessment. That I don't think is okay. And I think that it would be interesting to call yourself a pelvic floor PT if you don't know how to do an internal assessment because if you don't know it's because you haven't taken any courses that will train you to do an internal assessment because we don't learn this in PT school yeah PT school goes through at least most programs I I do have an understanding that there's a few programs that dive a little bit deeper into it but for most programs you know what it was like for us listen I went to the same PT school yeah um, yeah we had, I think we had one class on pelvic floor and yeah. basic anatomy and sort of function origin and insertion of the muscles. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's important, but not at all what you need to assess a patient or like see not, issues or how to create a plan. Oh my gosh. Not at 
all. Not at all. And like, I mean, shout out to her professors because like y'all are great. You know, like I, you know, it's like nothing against you guys at all. That's obviously like the curriculum's issue, you know, not theirs. And I'm really hoping that that changes for our school eventually because like I really think we had just such a great program, you know, so for that to not kind of be within it and everything too, you know, I even, you remember they would ask us questions. Our friends would ask us questions about things like for the boards and stuff. And like that kind of said a lot that you guys are now asking us questions a third year, you know, like you're, you're asking us, you know, so it's, um, I always found that very interesting too, but it did make me realize like, wow, there is a whole new world out here that like we just don't know about. So, and I do have colleagues that went to like NYU has models come in. They have, um, they have, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like anatomy models come in and like they're able to do assessments on them. So that's even a step better where you're not doing it on your classmates. Cool. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, that's so awesome. Um, so you're able to then do that and they were at least able to practice an internal exam, which I think is a very different ball game. You know, you're able to assess certain muscles and that's that. If it's not for you, cool. That's fine. So that post is just like, it sparks up so much stuff for me because a lot of people, and this also goes back to just like some of the issues of social media, I think in general too. Whereas a lot of, some of these people answering, right? You know, of course you have the people that are like, preach, yeah, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, like, yeah, you say, say louder for the people in the back, you know, they're like going crazy over it. But then you had some of these people, yo, so <laughs> I remember this one lady, she was like, she was like, you know what? I don't appreciate this at all. Like during the pandemic, you know, I was treating people virtually and I was able to help a lot of people. What really got me going, and I had to read all the comments at this point with this, but like a lot of um, not practitioners, but other people on social media that like are patients, you know, may have been a patient or something. So they were commenting and one of them was like, I've actually never had internal work and my pelvic PT was amazing. And she was like, I know that I needed internal work, um, but I just preferred not to have it. And I think it was due to like culture and religion and stuff, but like, which I get, I 1000%, 1000% understand that. However, again, You're kind of like missing, you're missing that point though of like what she's trying to say. But then that also kind of goes into like, there's a way to say something. Like there's a way to say your opinion too, but without bringing up all this other stuff, right? Especially with a subject like this one. And I think one of the other comments that I saw on that post were, well, what if you don't have consent? And it's obvious. It's obvious to us as pelvic floor PTs that if you're doing an internal assessment, you have consent because we are super trained that that's the first thing, you know, before you even start your eval or start getting any other objective assessments, you explain what an internal exam is, why you're doing it, why you're doing that assessment, how it's going to help you create a plan of care and Mm -hmm. treat the patient better. But it's, I understand how people can think that. So the other day I had a patient, male pelvic floor patient. He came in and we started talking. He was older. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we started talking and I explained, you know, what an internal 
assessment was, how I was going to palpate pelvic floor muscles, look at tone, look at weakness, coordination, all that. And I asked him straight up because I love, I like to personally just ask specifically, is this something that you consent to? Do you agree to this? Totally. Right? Yeah. Because I don't want anything left open for interpretation. Mm -hmm. And he responded, well, what else am I going to do? Say no? <laughs> and I was like, absolutely. And that's what I think patients and pelvic floor PTs should understand that absolutely they can say no. Yeah. And, okay. and like you said, there's, I'm going to do my best to treat you in the best way that I can with every other piece of information that I gather. I can't tell you that's going to be as good of a treatment as if I had done internal because I don't know, I don't have every piece of the puzzle. Yes. But absolutely, you can always say no. And like you said, it could be cultural, it could be just, you know, you're uncomfortable and that's okay. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So even it's so interesting, like even what he answered back to you, because then I would definitely get on a soapbox and like with that patient and just be like, actually, you are always allowed to say no to me. You know, like you are always allowed to do that. I definitely, <laughs> some of my patients, especially the ones that I've been seeing for a while, and they know exactly what the ball game is. You know, as soon as they mm -hmm. come into the room, they know that we're going to be doing internal work and, you know, and all this stuff. And I still say, um, you know, I like pet names, love, honey, the works. And I'm like, I'm always just like, you ready, honey? Or yeah, you ready, boo? You ready, love? You know, I'm, and they're just like, yes, Alyssa, I know what I came here for. And I'm like, yeah, well. I'm always going to ask you, you know, I'm always, always yeah. going to ask you, you know, that's never, I was like, that is never going to change. You know, I'm not before each session. Do you personally consent to me doing this? Do you do? No, 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 no. I'm not always going to like, you know, say that, but, um, I talked to them about consent. I think it's very important. And you know what? I can't blame even your patient for asking that because you know how many practitioners are just like, yep, this is what we need to do. Okay, great. Fingers here. Dip, 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 dip. And then that's it. Or they don't say anything and they just start doing things. Exactly. And that is sometimes, that is a pattern that I, I never want to fall into, you know, where I just start touching somebody without them not knowing what I'm going to do. And my patients, like, I probably sound so repetitive sometimes to them, but you know what? I'm always going to let you know what I'm going to do, why I'm mm -hmm. doing it, you know, and, and all of that too. Like, that that's just always going to be a thing. But yeah, and I, oh. There are so many things. There are so many things. I just think that this is also something that definitely just sets us apart. You know, it sets us apart. It's like I have had patients, you know, especially being in this full time officially, you know, too. It's like I've definitely had patients that like no issues with peeing, no issues with bowel movements um, mm -hmm. and just painful sex. And sometimes they don't want an internal assessment. So... There are times where, where I say, I'm like, okay, you know, like, okay, that's fine. But what I do then explain to them is, well, if the issue is painful sex, what I also like to do in my sessions is like, we try to simulate that. And now I know that's going to come across as like sexual and weird and all that too. But how am I supposed to know now what this might feel like for you? If like I can't assess it, 
if I can't assess like what your muscles feel like and if I can't do that. And honestly, a lot of the times that's when they're like, oh, yeah, because a lot of times they're afraid of the internal assessment because they're like, if, if sex is bothering me, how the hell is this exam going to, you know, like what's going to happen here? So, yeah, and sometimes you just need to like explain that. However, if somebody does says, say, if they say that to me, a lot of the times I still won't do an internal exam on that first visit. I'll say, listen, yeah, let me do what I need to do. You know, like let me check externally, you know, maybe let me look at your vaginal tissue, your perineum, your, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're coming in for, let me now look at that and mm-hmm. see what's going on. Um, another thing, another thing that has been coming up a lot lately, and I actually think that this is going to change kind of in pelvic floor world is uh, rectal exams and like the importance of rectal exams. I have now, I'm not going to lie to you with my chronic pelvic patients, I have more often than not been doing many more rectal treatments with them and it has been the biggest game changer of their treatments. Like for patients who have like interstitial cystitis um, or, you know, just a chronic pelvic pain, that has been such a game changer for them. And it's, it's honestly mind blowing. Like it's mind blowing to me. Yeah. And I think a lot of us forget, and I was guilty of this too, prior to treating, because uh, at the beginning I wasn't really treating constipation. I wasn't mm-hmm. treating males. So I didn't really, I thought, this was my misconception. I think a lot of not only public floor PTs, but practitioners in general think, mm-hmm. well, why go into a rectal internal assessment when you can go vaginally or when the problem, quote unquote, isn't there? Yep. But it is there. Yep. <laughs> Actually, there. Uh huh. Yeah. I thought the same, though. I mean, like, yeah, of course I thought the same. You know, like, I. If somebody didn't have constipation or if they, um, if nothing is happening rectally there for them, then I would just say like, okay, cool, vaginal it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I have plenty of patients now where if I now, if we are not seeing any more changes and your vaginal tissue feels fine, listen, we're going to have to do it. And luckily with that too, a lot of the times they then know me so much better, you know, at this point too, that they're like, well, I don't care what you do. Just do it. Just, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you do. You do your thing. That's fine. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's always, you know, rectals, of course, very different. You know, it's a very different ball game because now I am not knocking anybody who likes anal play. Okay. You do you. You always do you. However, however, like biologically and physiologically, we are only meant to have things come out of that region. Like technically, when you think about it, we are only meant to have things come out of there. So it is always an area where people get very nervous about. They get very nervous about. Um, and I'm just going to straight up say something to you, but I have even had a lot of gay patients, you know, a lot of gay patients who like they too, you know, they get very nervous about these things, even though they have had plenty of like anal play. I have plenty mm-hmm. of women who, who enjoy, you know, who enjoy doing things like in that region and stuff too. And even for them, they're just like, oh, nah, no, 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 you know? And like, listen, like guilty. I do too. Okay. And if somebody mm-hmm. was going to assess me there, I would 
probably freak out a little bit. <laughs> you know, like I would very, very, I'd be so nervous. So I think that it is something when I think about things logically, which I try to do as much as I can, it's true. We're kind of only meant to have things come out of there, no matter what you like, no matter what it is. But in a vaginal canal, we are meant to have things go up. So it's a lot easier for people to kind of understand that. And also, um, if we're just kind of going like with women or if you identify as a woman or somebody who has like vaginal tissue or a vaginal canal, then we have more likely than not been to a gynecologist too. You're used to getting checked out. You're used to that, Um, which oddly enough, is sometimes a reason why my patients get nervous because they're just like, oh my God, this is going to hurt so bad. And then we do assess them and they're like, why wasn't it as bad as like, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. a gynecologist. And I'm like, we're like much more gentle than like that. You know, like we're much more gentle when we do an assessment and stuff too. Um, But yeah, rectal exams now are now becoming more um, of a thing. And there are plenty of practitioners who – have already made it a thing. They just aren't on the soapbox of like social media, I think. You know, like they're yeah. not they're they're probably just not out there talking about it, you know, as much, you know, as much as somebody like posting something um about it would too. So I just think it's very interesting that it's becoming more normal. We actually have a student in the clinic right now and like one of my patients that I treat um is young and is a PT student as well. And like she has chronic pelvic pain. So I was talking to both of them about this because like she even said to me, she was like, Melissa, listen, like as soon as we started doing this, like it was a game changer for me, this rectal work. She was like it. And she was like, I can't believe it. You know, I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. You know, it's true. It was such a game changer. And um, I was kind of talking to the student about that too. You know how like when something's not working, Change it up. Change it up. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting the same result is just crazy. That's a quote. That's that's like a quote yeah. from saying that's insanity. I don't know whose quote it is. Is it Einstein? I it from someone. Is it Einstein? <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Hold on. I have to. I have to now. Doing the same thing over. <laughs> I can't type for the life of me. And expecting a different result here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Insanity. The definition. Doing the same thing over and over again. Expecting different results. Einstein. It's Einstein. Dope. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Maybe yeah, Maybe my brain is. See, like, these are the things that I know, though. These are, like, the, this is, like, what's <laughs> in. <you> remember. <laughs> this is what's in my head right now. I can't. But it's true. If you're doing so that's something that was very interesting during the pandemic. I did virtual for about three months straight of just virtual for the clinic I worked for. And which was very interesting because I feel like my pelvic floor cases and pelvic floor patients just spiked up mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Obviously, there's a lot more stress and a lot of withhold stress and pelvic floor. Um, there was just a lot going on. So... What I did find, and this is something that I got really frustrated with, is that a lot of my patients were taking longer to get better, mm-hmm. or there was inconsistency in results. Um, just like an example, she, one of my patients had um, a lot of 
urinary, not a lot, but a significant amount of urinary and fecal incontinence. Mm -hmm. And because I, I could have an idea of what her pelvic floor tissue looked like, um, and I objectively saw other tests and did other tests and, and assessed other things, I created a treatment plan based on that because we were virtual, but it really frustrated me that she wasn't getting better quicker mm -hmm. as I would expect her to if I would have just known what the tissue looked like and what it felt like and what the real issue was because you can't, and this is what I used to tell her and I felt so bad and I was like, I don't have a magic wand and I can't, I can't see it and I can't know exactly what's going on. Like I can try to help you in other ways, but it is frustrating when you don't do internal and you have no idea what's going on. Totally. And I think even like what you just said, first of all, is like a beautiful thing as a practitioner, you know, you were very honest with her, you know, you were very honest and you said like, I don't know pretty much, you know, like what else to do because I can't see your tissue. And I always think that you are much better off doing that. You know, you're much better off being honest about something than saying, unfortunately, there are people out there that are like, oh, no, 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 you're going to get better with this. Do you know how many times I hear that from my patients? That shit pisses me off so bad when I hear that from a patient. And I say to them all the time, I'm like, I cannot make you promises, but I have gotten people better. That's what I say. I go, I have gotten people better where it's work from you and it's work from me. And like, we got to work together. We have to communicate. That's what we need to do. If we can follow those rules together, I'm hoping I can get you better. And that's all I, you know, and that's, that's what I go off of with that. Um, and a lot of the times that ends up working out. You know, like that ends up working out well for my patients, you know, because then they're like, oh, okay. You know, they're like, okay, cool. You know, like, great. Yeah. So I think, oh, man, I feel like we just talked about so many things. <laughs> I agree. But it is what we go through <laughs> with deciding on, well, I never, we never really decide on internal versus no internal. If it is a pelvic floor patient, it usually you decide that you would like to do an internal exam assessment if the patient wants it or not, or it gives consent or not. That's a mm -hmm. different story. But usually the case is that you do want it. Oh, yeah. To do it. Definitely. And then also, just because I do an assessment doesn't mean I'm going to treat it either. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's – That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I'm doing that doesn't mean that, like, that's going to be a bulk of our session. You know, like, one of my patients right now, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I ended up being very wrong about what his pelvic floor felt like. He came in, he's talking to me about peeing too much. He's a runner, um, you know, all leaking, all of these things. I'm thinking his pelvic floor is going to be the tightest pelvic floor in the entire world. Mm -hmm. And I even stated that to him before, checked him out. Ended up being so lax. It was mm. so lax and was weak in a different way. You know, because you, of course, we know like weakness is also with tightness too of the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. And um, I literally said to him, I said, well, dang, this is not what I thought. And I, <laughs> and I said, you know, it's very straight yeah. up. And he goes, oh my gosh, yeah, you know, like this actually like isn't very painful, you know, at all. And he, he even felt better with that too because um, I was kind of prepping him for it. You know, I was prepping him for that. And, um, you know, straight 
strengthening. You know, like we we definitely like his program is a lot of strengthening. Don't get me wrong, like a lot of stuff going on with the, with his alignment. So like we kind of had to tackle that a little bit too. Um, but I now check his pelvic floor to just like assess. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I even do it like as we're doing certain exercises to see like how Mm -hmm. much he's activating it. Like while we do bridges or, you know, like any like a straight leg raise, just like certain exercises to see like what's going on there. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's it. I'm not really treating it. There's like no massage happening. There's no, you know, nothing Mm -hmm. like that. So that's another thing too. You know, it's like, you don't always need to treat like that. You know, just because you're assessing the pelvic floor doesn't mean you have to just be doing like this internal massage for like a half hour. That's not the case at all. So I feel like, I mean, we totally just went on a rant about, of course, topics relating to this, but it's like at the end of the day, we're obviously pushing like doing internal work more than not. And with that post, you know, that like we talked about in regards like to the one on, um, Instagram, it's kind of like, we definitely agree, but I also think that there's a way to say it. You know, like it, we're not saying that if you end up doing more external work as a pelvic floor PT, that like that you're not considered a pelvic floor physical therapist. However, it does make me cringe if I know that a PT is out there and they do not have the credentials to do an internal exam and you for the muscles that you now are saying that you are either specialized in or certified in and you don't know how to assess them in, I guess, the proper manner, mm-hmm. like you can choose to do whatever you want to do as a practitioner. So if you chose to not do an internal exam, that's on you. You do you. Cool. That's fine. But like you at least have to be qualified in order to do that. Yeah. So like that's kind of my stance on that. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I mean, there's a reason why there is specialized training for this. Yeah. There's a reason why, you know, if it was just regular ortho, yeah. not saying that ortho PTs can't treat, you know, incontinence, they could, could they treat it as well as a pelvic floor PT or as thoroughly? No. Yeah. I don't think so. But, not saying that it's impossible, but it, it's you're not going to get the same benefit from it. You're just not. Totally. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Wholeheartedly. Now, I definitely wanted to bring up um, – one more thing just because like we do have a student right now and um you know I think she's so interested in like pelvic floor PT but like is definitely nervous about like internal work and stuff too which like is totally fine and like I even had her treat me because like my pelvic floor a hot mess like hot mess express (laughs) and like honestly like I said to her I go I honestly think it's better that you treat us um before even you know like attempting with a patient and stuff too So, and you could tell that like her mind is just like reeling, you know, sometimes with like internal work. So what I wanted to kind of bring up was like, if you were to kind of give anybody, you know, like a student or even like a practitioner advice on like, if they were to go into pelvic floor, like, what would you kind of tell them? You know, like, what would you say to them? I think that a lot of times students or PTs that are thinking about going into pelvic floor, are hesitant because of 
the fact that the situation may be uncomfortable or awkward with the patient, mm-hmm. which it can be, it happens. Oh my God, every day. At least for me, but, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for me too. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not always smooth and it's not always perfect, especially with the patients that are new or that have been through trauma. Oh yeah. Or that, you know, have pain with sex. It's not going to be easy. But I will say that it is more comfortable than you think. Yes. If you know and you have the knowledge, the patient feels comfortable and they can tell that you have the knowledge. Just by you speaking to them about this before, that's one thing that I've always told students or anyone that's asked me the question is, if you explain exactly what you're doing and what the pelvic floor muscle layers are, and you go into detail about it, not a one-hour lecture, but if you spend 10 minutes explaining to the patient exactly what you're going to do and what you're assessing, by the time you do your internal exam, the patient is much more comfortable, and you are too because you know what you're doing. Totally. So it's not as bad as I, like anyone would be scared the first few times, but it does get easy. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. And it does. And it does. And it's so funny because like, and that's exactly the advice that I would give to you and exactly what I told, you know, one of our students, you know, I I definitely said that I was like, listen, like this takes practice. You know, it is not just like anything else, just like anything else. You know, I was like my first ortho patient, I was like shaking in my boots. You know, it's just like it, it all, it all takes practice. And I said to her, I was like, the more you see bodies, the more you get comfortable, you know, like now I throw on gloves, like it's nobody's business, you know, and I grab that lube, like, you know, it's like, it's like clockwork for me. Um, you know, it's definitely like clockwork, but then I, I said to her, I was like, you don't think I have some patients that come in where never, never where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing, but where like they might be rude or something and you know like I get now nervous to now do something with you you know there's all this stuff that goes on in your head with all these things because it's like and I hate to say this but it's like it's not just like a typical ortho patient like this not an ankle sprain you are now like a rude person like you are like you're now you're now a rude person and I'm about to do like an internal assessment you don't think like my mind is like reeling a little bit now and like I'm a little nervous like how do I fix it how do I how do I go about this so that was what I was explaining to her I was like but at the end of the day you do have to take the reins and you have to just do that so it was the same thing you just said like taking that 10 minutes before you then do the exam is a very crucial 10 minutes you know it's a very very crucial 10 minutes to just say like I do know what I'm doing, you know, and like I am qualified in this and I'm here to help you. I'm very much so here to help you and this is what I'm going to do for you. Um, So that is what I've definitely been telling uh, our student that's with us. You know, she's, um, you know, she, she said, she was like, I just, you guys talk to patients and, you know, this flows and I go, yeah, because we work full time, you know, and we're here every yeah. day, you know, you're learning. And I was I was like, I was there, too. Of course, we were all yeah. there. We were all there. So I think that would be my biggest thing. And then um, another big thing I would say is like coursework. Coursework is like yeah. so huge and like continuing ed. Um, I feel like I'm always trying to take like a continuing ed class just to not know. They're like too expensive for me right now. I think like pandemic stuff, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 
rough times. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, I think um, it's very important to take. And I feel like that would be like my piece of advice with that. If you're, and if you're a seasoned PT, say you're a seasoned PT and you do want to go into pelvic floor, I would definitely just say like, you know, continuing ed and mentorship. If you can find somebody that you can shadow to like watch an internal exam or, you know, like luckily if you're able to like practice on a patient and stuff too, um, you know, with somebody there, like a mentor or something, I think that is such like a big thing. And I think a crucial part of like our practice is to be able to have mentorship. I completely agree. And part of being a mentor and being able to be a mentor is, and this is my other piece of advice, you really have to love it and you have to Mm -hmm. have a passion for it. Yep. Because I feel, and this I actually heard from, um, this person wasn't my mentor, but she was a pelvic floor PT. She made a comment to me once of like, I'm in people's vaginas and rectums all day and I don't even get paid enough. (laughs) And then, and I'm all, I completely understand what you're saying that, okay, maybe you should be compensated better or you're not okay with your salary, I'm all for it. You mm-hmm. know, you have to value yourself as a person and be compensated for what you're doing. But you do have to love it for what it is. Because if a lot of pelvic floor, not a lot, I won't say that. But I know that pelvic floor PT is becoming a more um, common topic or a more interesting topic for PTs because... They think, oh, because it's a specialty and it's such a an interesting specialty and rare in mm-hmm. a way that I'm going to make more money with it. And sure, you there's there's a possibility that you will, but you can't do it because of that because you truly have to have a passion for it. Oh yeah, so I've definitely I definitely know people where they're like, oh my god, Alyssa, you're probably raking in the money, like blah blah blah, like you're lucky you like doing that. And I'm like, okay. First of all, no, because if I was, <laughs> I just pictured myself on a yacht because that's probably what I would like to do. <laughs> I literally, you saw my face. I literally paused and I like looked up into the air like, wow, wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I genuinely love what I do. You know, I, I genuinely love it. Don't get me wrong. My patients know me. Okay. They definitely know me. And it was so funny. One of them the other day was like, oh, my God, Alyssa, I didn't shave. And I said, girlfriend, first of all, I was like, I'm about to get a wax, okay? Like, I'm definitely not shaved down here, all right? That's what's happening. And then I was like, do you know what I do all day? Do you think I care? You think I'm scared of some hair? I ain't scared of your hair. I ain't scared of that. You know what? I feel like I've become so used to just seeing everything that I don't even notice anymore. I ain't scared. That's right. Like I start doing an internal assessment and my patient will say, I'm sorry to shave. And I'm like, I didn't even notice. Yeah. (laughs) In my my head. Yeah. No. And genuinely, I don't notice. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't notice. And this is like how much it's like clockwork and like we do it every day and stuff. But no, on the real I, I really do, especially when I get that email or like when a patient comes in and they are and and they don't mean to be surprised that they're doing better, but they're like so happy about it, you know, and stuff too. They're like that always yeah. makes me very, very happy and it is very rewarding. You know, it is very rewarding too. Um 
you know, I, I say to them all the time, you know, like if I'm able to have somebody pee, poop, have sex again, whatever it is, like I, I will always, I will always, always, always preach on a soapbox. Hence my podcast. Hence the, you know, (laughs) everything. You can tell you're so passionate about it and that's what makes you successful with patients. Sure. And same with you, hon. You know, same with you. And it's like, you know, if you are a practitioner that is just thinking about getting into pelvic floor for the money, like, please don't do it. Like, please don't do it. It's just like, it is not, first of all, that's so wrong on so many levels. It's so wrong. Um, And I'm not about that. I ain't ever about that. Like, you should be genuine about what you want to do. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And that just is what it is. And I think that's my RT for today. That's what I'm feeling. Yes. <laughs> that is what I'm feeling. Chrissy, always a pleasure, boo. Always Thank a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was fun. Duh. Well, now this is like your I second think, one, you so we're going to have more. This, oh, yeah. You and I do this while we're not recording a podcast. <laughs> so right now it was funny because we actually have to tame it down. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not going to rant on all these Oh, yes, hours. yes, yes. Oh, no, 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 because we go on a rant no matter what. And now yeah, we're going totally, to ra- on a so, rant again yeah. that people are going to hear, and it's totally fine. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the All Things Pelvic Pod. Have questions, concerns, comments? Want to share your story? Remember to follow me on Instagram at the underscore pelvic floor playbook. DM me, share my stuff, like it, and let me know what you think. As a reminder, this is not medical advice by any means, so don't be out here doing a bunch of nonsense in these streets. If you need me and want a vibe, you know where to find me. I'm out.